everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director, Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? It's going great, Keith. How about yourself? Things are going swell. We are just a few scant days away from Turkey Day. Love a short holiday week. Big <laughs> fan. Huge fan. Huge fan. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Stray Kids meet Alicia Keys in the Billboard 200 chart history books, how Jack Harlow, Tate McRae, Dua Lipa, and Chris Stapleton all make waves in the top 15 of the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, how Mariah Carey jingles her way back to the Hot 100 as All I Want for Christmas is You re-enters the chart along with a few other festive favorites, and we recap some of the highlights from the year-end charts. Who comes out on top? Well, I'll tell you in just a second. Well, also on the show, we'll be recapping the 2023 Billboard Music Awards winners. How conveniently timed. I know. It all went down on Sunday night. Morgan Wallen was the night's top winner, but... The big story coming out of Sunday is which artist is now the winningest artist of all time at the BBMAs. So we'll talk about all that and more in just a second. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com podcasts. OK, let's do the chart chat. First up. Stray Kids' Rock Star debuts at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, scoring the Korean pop ensemble its fourth chart topper. The set launches with 224,000 equivalent album units earned in the U.S. in the week ending November 16th, according to Luminate. And that number is largely powered by traditional album sales and its availability across 11 different collectible CD variations. The act previously opened at number one with Five Star earlier this year, Maxident, and Ordinary, both in 2022. Now, as all four of Stray Kids' chart entries, that's, that's the entirety of their chart entries, those four albums, have debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, that makes them the first act to see their first four chart entries debut at number one since... Alicia Keys in 2001 through 2007. In that span of time, she bowed at number one with her debut album, Songs in A Minor, in 2001, The Diary of Alicia Keys in 2003, the live set Unplugged in 2005, and As I Am in 2007. Now, honorable mention, and also looking at groups, goes to One Direction, One Direction, mm -hmm. who debuted at number one with its first chart entry, the studio album Up All Night, in 2012. Later that year, in October, the iTunes Store exclusive six-song live set, iTunes Festival London 2012, debuted and peaked at number 140. And then the act logged three number ones in a row, with Take Me Home in December of 2012, Midnight Memories in December of 2013, and Four in December 2014. So Feels like a real asterisk there. It is. <laughs> like, you know, you can also go back. Like, that One Direction was the uh, most recent 
nearest example. Yeah, and even they did it over the span of like three years, right? Yeah. <laughs> so stray kids, man. Well, you know, it's it's uh, efficient. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, everyone like I mean, as we've seen, as we've seen, you know, with you know artists like Taylor Swift and Young Boy Never Broke Again, and you know, any any number of K-pop artists. The acceleration of releasing albums has only increased. Yes. Everyone's foot is firmly pressed on the gas pedal. It's wild. Next up, over on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, as Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer spends a fourth total week at number one, a number of songs shake up the top 15. We see Jack Harlow debut at number two with Lovin' On Me, marking his fifth top 10. Tate McRae gets her first top 10 with the 11 to 8 jump of Greedy. The song also bumps 19 to 10 on the Radio Songs chart, marking her first top 10 there. She also performed this song on the Billboard Music Awards. She sure did and made her Saturday Night Live debut over the weekend, too, literally. And, oh, by the way, she was on Billboard's cover last week as yeah, well. All it's, things, <laughs> it's all coming up Tate. Everything's coming up Tate. <laughs> the, the BBMA performance was very, like, early 2000s Britney. Britney Spears. The choreo was so good. Um, the choreographer, let me just say, it was Sean Bankhead is his name. Uh, he did the SNL performance and the BBMA performance. I did not realize, and I learned from reading our colleague Lindsay's cover story for Billboard, mm. that she competed on uh, So You Think You Can Dance as a teenager. The choreographer? No, Tate McRae. Oh. And finished in third place. <laughs> and so she actually like was first best known for her dancing. Well, and it's clear that she is a dancer from that BBMA performance. Wild. Yeah, well, so there you go. Dua Lipa makes her highest debut ever on the Hot 100 with the number 11 arrival of Houdini, surpassing the number 15 debut of Sweetest Pie with Megan the Stallion. On the Pop Airplay chart, Houdini debuts at number 16, tying Miley Cyrus's flowers and NSYNC's better place for the highest debut of 2023 on that chart. Yeah, and our girl Dua made the radio rounds, by the way. She, uh, like, was everywhere. I heard her on the radio, multiple stations, Even. and we saw her in person. Oh, that's right. Should that we was talk after we did the podcast should, last week. Should we briefly talk about that now? While I we're... think we should. So, yeah, Katie and I went to a uh, secret Dua Lipa Houdini party last Tuesday after we recorded the last show. At the Houdini Estate. It's somewhere in the Hollywood Hills. At Laurel Canyon Boulevard. That counts as Hollywood Hills, right? Sure, it's hilly and it's near Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know. It took you and me forever to get there, and we it had sure to travel did. separately only by like Lyft because there's no parking there. I took Uber. Well, well we took rideshare. Yes. Um, so what happened at the event? Well, we uh, were greeted by an escape room. <laughs> Which we didn't go into. <laughs> we did not. But there was also a massive dance floor. The whole thing was outside, by the way, um, except for the escape room. There was a uh, big open air dance floor with a bar on it. And uh, Dua Lipa came out, emerged, and stood behind the DJ booth. Katie and he got some great video. I didn't. Oh, yeah. Go to Billboard Socials for some incredible video. I'm very proud of my work. <laughs> du Dua said, you know... She stuff, said, stuff let's have a dance. Let's have a dance. And then she played the song <laughs> twice. She played the song twice by popular demand. And then she also surprised fans in said escape room. If we would have stuck around and gone to the escape room, we might have seen Dua in one oh, of the sure. rooms. I'm sure the line was completely <laughs> nothing to get in there. But it was adorable. And it was... Uh, all of her like biggest fans that got invited to come up to it. It was Including, no including Keith and Katie. I mean, I honestly, I don't know that there was other press there. I... 
Uh, I don't know. So I wrote a recap on Billboard.com. I didn't. I didn't. Even, I didn't recognize any press people. Uh, exactly. We know people. <laughs> thank, thank you, Team Dua, for letting thank Keith and you. Katie come to, come to the shindig yes. and uh, have some food truck food. Oh yeah, Koji truck guys, and a, and a couple <laughs> a couple glasses of wine. <laughs> it was actually really fun, and I, I mean, we said last week we love this song, so it was cool to like go to a party celebrating this very cool new song. Yeah, I mean, we were you know we were just steps away from Dua Lipa. Steps, steps. mere steps. Mere I mean, steps. we've been closer to her before. <laughs> I mean, yes, we have. <laughs> We've sat at the table with her. <laughs> All right. Well, back to the charts stuff. Uh, Chris Stapleton gallops 29 to 12 on the Hot 100 with White Horse, becoming his second highest charting song ever and his highest charting hit as a lead artist. He's only gone higher as a featured artist on Justin Timberlake's number nine, peaking Say Something in 2018. White Horse, which is from Stapleton's new album, Higher, which debuts at number three on the Billboard 200 this week and at number one on Top Country Albums, is on fire, following Stapleton's performance of the track on the November 8th Country Music Association Awards. Which is also how he became famous. Remember that performance where he was with Justin Timberlake at the CMAs, like in November of whatever that year was, 2016 or something? CMAs are a great place for Chris Stapleton to perform at. It is a showcase for Chris Stapleton. All right. Mariah Carey brings the festive back to the Hot 100 as her now annual chart topper, All I Want for Christmas is You, re-enters the chart at number 17. The song has topped the list every season for the past four years. Will she do it again? Probably. (laughs) I can say that. I don't work in charts. (laughs) Uh, Could another holiday tune top the tally too? Brenda Lee is trying. (laughs) She put out an official music video for the first time. There's a video. Where like, what is she like? 78 or something? She's surprisingly young for how long that song has been around. But but it's kind of cute to see her lip sync to her 13 year old self in the video. That's true. Oh, yeah. You know. I would, I actually haven't heard Brenda Lee perform that song like as an adult, I guess. I wonder what it sounds like. I'd like to know, actually. Now that would move the needle. Brenda, mm-hmm. put out would that count toward the same? No. Oh, never mind. Don't no. do it, Brenda. Don't do it, Brenda. <laughs> Don't mess with it, Brenda. Just just focus on the original version, Brenda. Um in the and by the way, in the music video, if you watch it, uh, she has special guest stars in it from Trisha Yearwood and Tanya Tucker. Love that. All right, continuing with the holiday stuff on the Hot 100, Mariah is joined by three other classic holiday tunes that return to the chart this week. Wham's Last Christmas re-enters at number 32, Bobby Helms' Jingle Bell Rock re-enters at 38, and Burl Ives' A Holly Jolly Christmas re-enters at 44. Certainly the chart will see a larger influx of holiday songs in the week after Thanksgiving, as Many radio stations flip to all Christmas programming, and oh, as mine everyone already made the switch, well, mine made the switch. Coast you, made the switch like a week and a half ago. Coast made the switch in like Labor Day. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, and as people start to you know fully kind of embrace the holidays, you know, I would assume that a lot of people will probably be playing Christmas music from their home speaker devices and streaming services on Thanksgiving Day. Yes. Um, so that will probably lead into the weekend, and everything gets festive. No also, Brenda yet, though. We talked about Brenda, but no Brenda on the chart yet. No, I'm sure she's, Brenda. I'm sure. She, sorry. She's always the one that's like perennially at number two behind Mariah. Yeah, she, I think she's been number two for the past two years. 
behind Mariah? Don't count out Wham's last Christmas, too. Yeah, anything is possible. Um, well, and don't forget our seasonal holiday 100 chart, which is based on the same methodology that the Hot 100 uses, but ranks only holiday songs, will return next week to Billboard's pages, both virtual and in print, if you happen to purchase a print magazine. Check Billboard.com next Tuesday, November 28th, for all the details. Uh, last thing, our year-end charts uh, just posted today, November 21st, uh, recapping the 2023 chart year. Taylor Swift is our top artist of the year. Correct. Uh, our top Billboard 200 album is Morgan Wallen's One Thing at a Time. And our top Hot 100 song is Morgan Wallen's Last Night. And our top Hot 100 artist is Morgan Wallen. <laughs> and, and, our, and our top new artist is Zach Bryan. Yes. Um, our top record label is Republic Records. Uh, there are uh, literally— There's so much to dig through, there's guys. There's literally hundreds, like nearly 500 or more year-end charts that you can peruse on Billboard.com. Uh, you can also visit, as of this— Recording 17 different stories on Billboard.com, uh, 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 doing a nice overview of all of the major genres, uh, including at least, I think, four stories I wrote. So um, please go give us those clicks. Uh, uh, yeah, you can actually go uh, directly to one. Hold one, please. You can go to Billboard.com slash charts slash year dash end if you just want to see all the charts. Um, and there's a lot to dig through. You can go and search by like different categories and genres and things with a little drop down menu. So check yeah. it all out there. Don't forget that drop down menu. People <laughs> just sort of gloss over that drop down menu. By the way, one last thing about Taylor Swift. Yes. Um, she's been the top artist of the year on our year end charts three times now. Only one other artist has done that since we started uh, doing this particular category, top artist in 1981. And since then, the only other artist to do it three times was Adele. And Taylor is actually the only artist to have done it in three different decades. Mm. She did it in the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s. There you go. And you know what? It wasn't much of a different story over at the Billboard Music Awards well, on Sunday night, if you'd like me to smoothly transition. That would make sense. And also, <laughs> this is the first time, by the way, like people, uh, this is not something that most people who are watching any parts of the BBMAs um, would sort of really glom onto. But um, this is the first time that the Billboard Music Awards and the year end charts have been have used the same eligibility period. Mm -hmm. And basically the two. Th Wait, the ever? No. Or back it, in the day they used for, to. This is the first time in a long time. Okay. Uh, it's the first time they've become aligned since 2006. Oh, wow. Because, so the, the sorry, quickly, 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 quickly. The Billboard Music Awards started in 1990 and ran until 2006 on Fox. Those shows were based on our year-end chart year. And the show annually aired in December. The show went on hiatus after 2006, came back in 2011, and aired in May. Mm. So from 2011 until 2022, the show aired in May, and thus the eligibility period actually reflected a chart year that kind of ran from like March to March. Yeah. And so this year, when we kind of shook everything up and the American Music Awards moved until next year. They had a hiatus. They and had a hiatus. move next year. And we took over effectively their time slot. Right. And so we took over the November slot. And so now we realigned with our year-end charts. Yes. So that's kind of interesting from a chart geek point of view. Back totally. to you, Katie. Ah, back to me. Well, so at the show on Sunday night, uh, Morgan Wallen was our top winner with 11 prizes on the night, and Taylor Swift was our top female winner, and she won 
top artist. As Keith just said from our year on charts, she was top artist on both our charts and at the Billboard Music Awards, which makes sense. Um, Interestingly enough, we were looking at a lot of the numbers going into the show. Drake was the winningest artist at the Billboard Music Awards going into Sunday's show. He had, I believe, 34 wins. Taylor had 28 wins going into Sunday's show. So she needed six of her 20 nominations, by the way. We don't call them nominations. 20 nods. 20 nods. Um, her 20 opportunities to win on, on Sunday. Just none, um, of it, none of it works. None of it flows off the tongue. But Drake was, of course, a finalist as well. And so he also would have to not win or they'd have to win. Like, you know, it, it, we were we had a lot of things going into it. Like, what's going to happen? Who's it going to be? Whatever. I, you could not have scripted what happened any better. And as you know, the Billboard Music Awards are based on data. This is based on numbers. Like, we did not, we're not back here in some Billboard cabal, like, coming up with this brilliant we plan. <laughs> I'm not. Maybe Keith is. <laughs> but um, in the end, Taylor Swift won enough to get her up to 30. Oh, actually, she must have had 29 going into Sunday's show. I said 28. She had 39 wins after Sunday, after winning 10 prizes on Sunday. And Drake won five awards, therefore also has 39 wins at the Billboard Music Awards. So Taylor Swift and Drake are now tied as the overall winningest artist at the Billboard Music Awards of all time. Wow. And I love this personally, like just as, you know, an award show geek, music geek, etc. because I'm already, and I know that this thing just wrapped on Sunday, but I'm already thinking about next year. <laughs> like we know, we don't know what Drake's going to, you know, come out with, but like this year he, um, you know, just surprise released an addition to his for all the dogs album there. You never know what's coming, but something's coming with Drake with Taylor. We know we still have two re-recordings left on the table and, you know, midnights was surprise released last year, or we, we didn't know about it for like until the fall, all of a sudden she's got this brand new album. So who knows if one of those will materialize again next year, I'm just looking forward to seeing how this plays out at next year's award show. A Drake, a Drake personally, and, a Drake and Taylor Swift collab album. Oh my God, <laughs> Keith, don't do that to me. That's a great idea. <laughs> Anything could happen. Anything could indeed happen. All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Well, last Friday saw the release of Dolly Parton's new album, Rockstar, which features the country icon partnering up with a galaxy of rock stars for her first rock album. Certainly, Dolly has been an incredible force on Billboard's charts for decades, stretching back to her debut on the Hot Country Songs chart in 1967 with Dumb Blonde. In total, she's charted 110 hits on the Hot Country Songs chart, with 55 of those going top 10 and 25 of them reaching number one. And that is the most of any female artist in the chart's history. But Katie, Mm. which of these hits did not reach number one on the Hot Country Songs chart for Dolly Parton? We've got 9 to 5 from 1980, Coat of Many Colors from 1971, Here You Come Again from 1977, or... When I Get Where I'm Going, which was billed to Brad Paisley featuring Dolly Parton from 2006. Which of those did not hit number one on the Hot Country Songs chart? I'm going to go with the Brad Paisley collab. 
That hit number one for one week in 2006, and that is her most recent number one. I'm going to go with Coat of Many Colors. Correct. That that actually peaked at number four in 1971, though it is a Stone Cold classic for Dolly Parton. Uh, Nine to Five hit number one for one week in January of 1981, though it debuted on the chart in 1980. And Here You Come Again uh, spent five weeks at number one starting in December of 1977. Did you know that Dolly is performing at the Cowboys halftime uh, on Thanksgiving? Sure did. Well, now the listeners know, too. Oh, I I didn't realize you were talking to the listeners, not me. No, I was talking to you. I was talking to you. So we all know. Obviously, we all know this. Uh, Yeah, Dolly Parton's performing it. I guess, I'm assuming it's halftime. Yeah. Yeah. She has a six-minute and 15-second performance. Is that unusual for a, like, like... like a music star to perform on the halftime show of the Cowboys Thanksgiving game? I would love for you to read Melinda's article on Billboard.com. And this now I am talking to the listeners. You could just tell the Keith. listeners. Why don't and you just Keith. tell us instead of forcing them to read a story? <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you that she has a great article about how Thanksgiving oh. has become like basically, you know, the, the second Super Bowl for the NFL. They get a... With, when you combine those three games on Thanksgiving for however many past years, they've surpassed 100 million viewers on Thanksgiving. Dolly should be on games. all three of the games. Come well, on. Well, Jack Harlow is playing at the Lions game and Steve Aoki's playing at the Seattle game. Wow. It's all happening that's on, a, that's, on Thursday. It's a hell of a mashup. <laughs> it is indeed. I actually like to hear the three of them on a song. I mean, Dolly Parton. Dolly <laughs> she Part- would do it. Dolly Parton's worked with like electronic artists in the past. She has a song with Monoskin out right now. Well, they're not quite electronic. <laughs> Okay, moving on, though. Uh, Melinda wrote a great article about how Thanksgiving has kind of become this big thing for the NFL. And, you know, the music industry has paid attention and thought we should probably jump on this bandwagon. If there's going to be that many eyeballs, that's a lot of people to get our artists in front of. So, you know, Dolly makes perfect sense with the Cowboys. They they said they leaned on the NFL to help make the connections with the with Jack Harlow and Steve Aoki for the other shows. It's it's an interesting, fascinating story. By the way, Dolly Parton has a Dallas Cowboys exclusive edition of her CD. She does. Star. You can buy it through her web store. I'm not pimping her, but I'm saying you can buy it in her web store or you can buy it at the Dallas Cowboys game this Thursday. But according to the article... You can only ship it to certain states. Yes. Uh, According to NFL rules, apparently you can only purchase it. You can only buy it if you're in like Texas or certain states in like the Southwest. Like some perimeter. Yeah. yeah. It's some NFL rule. I don't quite understand. NFL's got a lot of crazy rules. But the, so if you live in Texas, uh, and you want to get this Dolly Parton <laughs> album? It has a different cover where she's sitting on a Dallas Cowboys star, and she's like in like said, a silver sitting. outfit. She's sitting. She's sitting. Uh, no bonus <laughs> tracks on it. But in addition to that, mm-hmm. by the way, since I know I, I've known about this Dolly Parton album for months and months now, and I know way too much about it, but it's <laughs> sort of my job. In addition, the Tennessee Volunteers also have an exclusive version of the album. So uh, yeah, she just performed at their game too uh, this past weekend. Yeah. So if if you're if you're into sports. You, you're probably aware that Dolly Parton has a new album. She's been making the uh, the football rounds. The Volunteers edition of the album actually has a different cover, and it actually has two, no, two bonus tracks. I think it has two bonus tracks. In, or actually, no, sorry, one bonus track, and it's a, it's a, it's a Dolly's cover of Rocky Top. Oh, wow. Which makes sense for Tennessee. Tennessee. Yeah. Um, I, we've talked about this a lot, but you kind of asked at the beginning, like, is it weird for her to be performing at halftime? They used to, because I'm most familiar with the Lions game um, that happens in Detroit every year. That was the very first Thanksgiving game ever. The Detroit Lions have had a have had a Thanksgiving game since, I think, the 50s. Every single year, they host somebody on Thanksgiving. Cowboys picked it up in 1966. But the Lions game typically will have 
a famous Michigan musician performing at halftime. Oh. But I think we've obviously moved away from that. Jack Harlow is from uh, Louisville. Madonna's so, not performed there? Um, but I, Kid Rock obviously has done it. Big Sean did it. I, I I don't know about Bob Seger, but like Jonas Brothers, I think, did it last year. So things are just, yeah. They've, they've run out. <laughs> I mean, I can't do it every year, guys, <laughs> even though you want him to. Um, okay, so uh, went off the rails there just just a skosh. Anyway, th- there was your chart stat a few minutes ago <laughs> about Dolly Parton on the Hot Country Songs chart, and then it sort of you know fell into, let's just talk about Football. Dolly Parton. Football. <laughs> Football. That's that's the, that's my expertise. Travis um, Kelsey. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Oh, he lost last night, Keith. Okay. <laughs> that's it. All right. We've reached the end of our big show or close to the end. Uh, have you li- by the way, have you listened it's okay if you haven't. Have you listened to any bits of the Dolly Parton album? No. None at all. None. Not a thing. Oh, well she And I, I like clearly love her too. She's she's so. she's been she's been dripping out singles now for the past few months, but this album if you aren't familiar with this album, my god, this album has the the standard version of the album has I think 30 songs. Wow. The guests on the album just and this is the ones I can think of off the top of my head: Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Brandy Carlisle, Pink, Steve Perry, Steven Tyler, Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus, Moniskin, um, Moniskin. Well, that's no; they're only on the deluxe. <laughs> oh, they're a bonus track okay. version. Um, who else? Who else? Um, Pat Benatar. I believe is on there. I feel like we should remind the people the origin of this album too is that she was nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and declined the nomination because she's like, I'm not a rock star. Then she thought better of it and said, you know what? I am going to make a rock album and earn my spot in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And and, <laughs> and she did. And that <laughs> she did. Now, is Pat Benatar really on this album, or did I just lie to you? Nope, she's on it. So I actually have the track list in front of me. I will run this through real okay. quick. Richie Sambora, of course, formerly of Bon Jovi. Sting, Steve Perry, Ann Wilson, John Fogarty, Kid Rock, Steven Tyler, Stevie Nicks, Peter Frampton, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, Chris Stapleton, Miley Cyrus, Pink, Brandy Carlisle, Kevin Cronin, Debbie Harry, Elton John, Melissa Etheridge, Lizzo, and of course Sasha Flute, Rob Halford, Nikki Six, John Five, Simon LeBon of Duran Duran, friend of the podcast, Linda Perry, Emmylou Harris, Cheryl Crow, Pat Benatar, Neil Giraldo, Michael McDonald, Ronnie McDowell, The Jordanaires, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Peter Frampton, Mick Fleetwood, Leonard Skinnerd. I mean, come on. Are there no Rolling Stones involved in this? No. That's shocking. That I, is the glaring uh, omission. I think she tried, but she couldn't oh, get Oh, come them. on, Mick. <laughs> come on, Mick. Uh, um, anyway. That's amazing. Um, I heard you say Mick and the Fleetwood. <laughs> well, and, also amazing. Peter, by the way, Peter, Paul, Peter, Peter Paul, Paul and Mary? <laughs> Peter, Paul, Ringo, and Mick. Yeah. <laughs> Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, Peter Frampton, and Mick Fleetwood are all guests on the same song, wow. which is a cover of the Beatles' Let It Be. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, she also does she do crazy on you? <laughs> uh, Ann Wilson's on there. Uh, no, she does Magic Band. Oh God, I love that song. Okay, well, uh, we went off the rails. We did, and I love it. That's that's the best shows. Well, this is where Katie might ask me, "Do you think Dolly Parton has a chance of going to number one on Billboard 200 next week?" Uh, Keith, do you think that Dolly Parton has a chance of going number one on the Billboard 200 next week? Well, we don't have any official forecasts yet. Uh, uh, there's. I would say there's a shot. I mean, Thanksgiving halftime can't hurt. She's, by the way, she's never had a number one on the Billboard 200. Oh, oh that's, no, that's not right. Let's fix it. I, <laughs> You and I can't fix anything. We are just simply well, here. Fix is not the right word. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
fans, <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. Go do it. Um, uh, Keith, pick a song off this album to play. Uh, play us out. Oh, God. <laughs> There's so many. Um, oh, well, why don't we just do uh, a bit of Wrecking Ball, which uh, oh, yeah. she and Miley Cyrus uh, cover it together. Let's do it. Okay, see you guys next week. Bye. I'm giving up for